Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. Hey, if this is your first time here, do us a favor, leave us a review and share it with another contractor. We want to get the word out so we can help as many contractors as possible. You can join us on our free Facebook group where you can interact with other like-minded contractors. It's on Facebook called the Contractor Profit Group. Look it up, quest to join, and lots of great information happening in that group. Or if you want to shortcut your success, Invest in yourself by signing up for our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. We talk about our profit sales system, marketing, and KPIs, and the profit funnel and how that's going to elevate your game. You can find out more information about that at hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. So today's podcast, we're talking about success and why it's not it's not static eric it's an ever changing thing it's it's always moving yeah it's a moving target i thought you'd love this this one cuz it's a moving target you and your professional shooting you know competitions all these things are moving around you love that pew, stuff pew 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 yeah listen i want to kick the whole podcast off with i wish it was a visual thing but you know how they have the instagram meme or whatever but it shows like what what you think success looks like, and it's basically a ladder. They're climbing up the ladder, they get to the top, they win, right? This is what success looks like, but this is what it, reality it actually looks like. It's just like this scribbly mess, spaghetti line of twisted turns and ups and downs before you get to the top. And that's, that's what this is about. It's like, if you would have thought like, hey, I had to deal with all this squiggly lines to get to the top, you might not try. A lot of people come in it blindly and they're like, I just climb the ladder to the top. I'll do all the things. And then they get caught in the, in the spaghetti, in that spaghetti while, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm not cut out for this. And that's why 96% of contractors fail. Yeah. I, I want to share a story. I don't think I've ever shared this with anyone. This is early Brad Hebner, like circa 1999, somewhere around there. Oh my so, God. It was uh, so long ago. Yeah, no, it's forever. <laughs> Anyways. I always had this, it's a visual of like what it means for success, like, you know, climbing the, the, the corporate ladder or climbing the success ladder, whatever you want to call it. And so I always, in my mind, I've always pictured it as this, you go up to a cliff, a mountain or whatever, and there's all these ladders in front of you, right? And each ladder takes you to a different point on the mountain. And so I always thought, well, what if I get on the ladder and I spend my whole life climbing this ladder and I get to the top of the ladder and it's a dead end? Like it's not the top of the mountain. You know, it's only a thousand feet up and the mountain's 5,000 feet tall or whatever. And so I always pictured it as like, which ladder do I, am I supposed to be on? Like, which is the correct ladder to be on? In reality, that's a, that was a bad representation, right? Because it's not a once, it's not like you, I chose to be a contractor and now that's what I have to do for the rest of my life. And that's the only ladder I can stay on. That's, I mean, it was a dumb visualization that I had, 
but it was one that I had where I felt like if you're on this ladder, you know, you don't know and you it could end up being the wrong one and you could spend your whole life doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's crazy. It makes me think one time I was, I mean, this is a little off topic, but not totally, but one time I was a young man, I was uh, not even 20, you know, and I was hiking in in the mountains here by Big Bear, Running Springs, Arrowhead, Arrow Bear kind of area. And I was hiking to this one plateau and it was long and grueling. And I remember getting like close and I was like, oh, I'm almost there. I just got to climb this one hill and get to the top of the hill. And at the top of the hill, the crest will take me to the plateau. And I get to the top of that hill and I look down and there's like 20 more hills to get me, you know, the hills and valleys to get to the plateau. And I would looked at the top. I was like, oh my God, what happened? I thought I was here. And I'm so, I still have so far to go. And that's how like a a false plateau, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's kind of the, it kind of represents what you're talking about. It's like, what if you get there and it's the wrong spot? Do you turn around and walk away? So, right. Do you give up or, you know, do you keep going? Like, what do you do? So, so for me, for me in that scenario, when I was getting lost, I, there was a fire road that led to the tower and it's like, we can either take the fire road to get to the tower or we're going to hike through the mountains to get to the tower. I knew if I got to the tower, I could safely navigate my way home through the fire road. But here I'm stuck, you know, halfway in the wilderness, like trying to get to that plateau. So there was no like turn around, easy route home. Like success was, you know, failure was not an option. I had to get to the tower to make it home. That's like some uh, Christopher, uh, or not, what was it? George Washington, I'm sorry. George Washington stuff, burning the boats, man. Hit hit the beach and burn the boats. <laughs> I don't think it was George Washington, bro. Was it? No, was it, it was not? not George Washington. Who was it? Uh, I don't remember. It was not George Washington. I want to punch you right now. I'm pretty sure it was George Washington. I guarantee you it was not George Washington. Okay. I'll have to look it up because I'm pretty look sure it, it was. Look it up. I'm not a very good historian, so you well, might let, be laughing at me. Let's go to the three things we kind of want to talk about as far as success is not moving. Like some people that are personalities, they don't like change. And where other personalities are like, hey, change is cool. Let's Okay, let's try something different, right? So they'll change it up a little bit. But so personalities are really play into this. You know, it's really interesting right there, right? So what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about embracing the change, anticipating change, and training for change. Those are the three topics that I think are important to the podcast that we can cover and, and maybe shed some light on this crazy, crazy road to success. Absolutely. But before we do, I need to let you know that it was George Washington crossing the Delaware River and he burned the boats. So I was correct, Eric, and you were wrong. Fantastic. Well, you know, George Washington's a legend, right? So there was probably some other wars. There was a different war than the crossing the Delaware that someone burned the bridges. Look it up. Yeah. He's We're not the only one. Of it. It's all right. You're wrong. That's okay. No, no. I'm, I'm actually blown away that George Washington did that too. It makes him even more of a legend in my mind. He was badass, man. Hell yeah, he was. All right. So yeah, embrace, anticipate, and train. So let's talk about embrace. What's that mean? It means like you can't fight it, man. There's, there's no way around it. It's going to happen. The targets are going to move. The ladders are going to change. A rung's going to break. Hopefully you have a parachute or a zip line to you know, dampen the fall or whatever, but... I'm telling you, you have to embrace it. If you, if you don't embrace it, you can fight it. It's just that 
I believe it's just going to be more stressful on you emotionally, physiologically, all that stuff is going to be more emotional if you don't embrace it. And so um, you can either fight it or just know you got to go with the flow. Listen, business ownership is hard freaking work, right? If it was easy, everybody would do it. So if you think it's going to be like every day you wake up and you have this exact same routine and everything's going to go great and all you got to do is sit back and collect checks, like you got a rude awakening coming, right? So you got to be able to embrace that. I wanted to bring this up later, but I'm going to do it now. So this, the Marine Corps, okay, this, this episode is unofficially sponsored by the Marine Corps because I'm going to use a ton of analogies from my time in the Marines throughout this podcast, if that's okay bring with you, Eric. Semper Fi, bro, bring it. I'm still pissed I was wrong about George Washington. He's yeah. a legend. So our motto was improvise, adapt, and overcome, right? Marine Corps motto, improvise, adapt, and overcome. And there's a reason why is because literally everything you do never goes correctly. It never goes right. You know, they always say like your, your plan does not survive first contact. You could have this plan of like, we're going to go over here. We're going to hike across this river, this bridge. We're going to get on the other side. We're going to set up a camp, blah, blah, blah. You're going to, you have a strategic plan. And as soon as you step out, the enemy ambushes you, right? It's like, well, that plan's out the water or out the, you know, out the, is no more valid. So you got to change, right? You got to improvise, adapt and overcome the situation. So this, this is going to apply, you know, it's going to parallel the things that we're talking about today on the podcast. I knew you were going to love this topic, bro. I just knew it. You, okay. let, me, let me tell you a little secret. What, you know, I just want to let you know that I came up with this topic, like what we, this topic's been on for like 10, 11, 12 minutes. Like literally 18 minutes ago, I was like, this is our topic for the podcast tonight. Just want you to know, just being 100% transparent. Well, why are you telling everybody that we don't plan ahead for these things? Because that's what makes them authentic and candid and real. And like, I mean, that's this is when the emotion pours out. This is when like, it's not thoughtful. Like you get goosebumps and freaking, you start to cry and shit. I hope you cry before the end of this. I cry every day when I wake up because I haven't embraced what's happening in my business. <laughs> Okay, so where are we at? we're we're embracing, right? Yeah, we, we have to be prepared, man. We have to like. That's the thing. It's look. We talked a lot about mental health. Think about all the perfectionists that that have to have things exactly the way they want to, exactly the time they want, you know. And it doesn't happen that way, right? And so emotionally, that could be incredibly, incredibly stressful and trying. It pressures your relationships with your family, your friends, your wife, your kids, everything, right? So just by being aware, total awareness and embracement is like the first, um, it's the first chance to be able to overcome this. You basically have to learn to love change. I mean, you have to, if you think change is inevitable, like you can prevent change from happening if you don't think it's inevitable. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But anyways, you have to love change or it's going to eat you alive because you're going to come in expecting one thing to happen and something totally different happens 180 degrees and now you got to adjust on the fly, right? Now you got to improvise and adapt to, in order to overcome that, whatever it is. So if you're not, I mean, the sooner that you can learn to love change, the better you will be. True. And I mean, the only flip side to that is like, we don't have to love it. You know, like if, if it's your personality, you don't love change. 
I mean, it's helpful if you love it, right? But if it's your personality. I, yeah. I yeah. want to cut you off there because when I say you got to learn to love it, meaning you have to embrace it so much that it's the only option is to love it. Look at embrace it. It should maybe we should just be expected, you know? I mean, expectation, right? We're getting, we need to expect it. Well, that's our it. second one, anticipate. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that does work. Let's jump into it. Ex- expectation, anticipate. It's an over, I mean, it overlaps a little bit. If you expect change, it makes it easier when change happens, right? Yeah. So I, I, I go straight to sports when I come to expectation. You're like, and what was the word we're using right here? Embrace or anticipate? Embra- anticipate, anticipate. So like, bro, you're going to love this. Could we talk a lot about culture? After work yesterday, one of the reasons I'm in so much uh, inflammation and stress on my body right now, we played football yesterday out in the parking lot at behind my ranch in the dirt with rocks everywhere. We played football for an hour after work. You know, it got me back into the whole mode, you know, it's like, so like we have to anticipate what our competition was going to do, you know, like, Hey, let's run these routes and I'm going to anticipate that this is going to be the outcome from it. I'm anticipating some change. I'm anticipating they're going to read us or they're not. And so while I was running trials and stuff like, so like for, for me, sports comes into this. Like I'm anticipating all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, sports is a good parallel for that, just like the Marines is. I mean, it's basically anytime you're in a, a high output, high stress type environment, you're going to have and fast pace, fast, fast pace. pace. You're going to yeah. have you're going to have things you're going to have to deal with, right? I mean, think like a race car driver, you know, starts just gets hit or something, and his tires jacked up. Like he's got to react, right? I mean, that that could be deadly. He doesn't react quick enough. He doesn't embrace the fact that his tire's jacked up and it's fallen off, and he doesn't anticipate what's going to happen once the tire does fall off. I mean, that could be deadly. For sure. Well, that anticipation too is like for pit stops. I mean, I'm going to go straight into that analogy what you're talking about. It's like, hey, can I make it another couple laps? Or, hey, do I need my tires changed? Because the last time I went around the curve, I don't feel like my grip was as well as it it was earlier. So I'm anticipating I could have a problem if I don't plan for it. Then maybe I should pit stop now, get the tires changed, and feel at the same time and go hit it again. So it's like business can be fast paced. I mean, we have to be on our toes. We're getting calls. We're getting callbacks. We're getting employees, trucks, vehicle. Like it's, there's a lot coming at you every morning when you wake up, you know, like I anticipate shit hitting the fan every single day. Yeah, I mean that that's where we're trying to get to is that when, once you embrace it and once you expect it, then now you can start anticipating it, right? Once you anticipate it and you're like geared up for it, when it happens, like it doesn't hit you as hard, right? So imagine all the contractors are out there that are running that are like, you know, they 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 don't want to embrace it. You know, they're just trying to just like lay down the track like they want to. They're not anticipating different changes when when these when these unknowns come at us and smack us in the face, it just hits those people harder because they're not ready for it. Like, I'm almost frightened to tell you how I think about things. Like when the phones ring, I'm like, did someone get in a car accident? Did someone get hurt on the job? Like I'm anticipating all these different crazy things. And like when, when they call up and they're like, hey, I got a flat tire. We're going to be behind schedule. Can you call the homeowner? I'm like, yeah, bro, I will. That's not a problem. Don't, that's, that's an easy one. I don't even care about that. That's easy. It's it's like I'm anticipating like 
the real problems that could happen. So when the small ones hit me, it does, it's like water on a duck's back. You're basically vanguarding the problem in your mind before it happens. Or as I like to say, you know, expect the worst, hope for the better. Sure. Right. So if you're yeah. always expecting the worst thing to happen, I mean, that's truthfully, it's kind of a bad way to live life, like going around always expecting the worst because you kind of start to become more of a pessimist with that type of mindset. But yeah. it, it is true in business where it's like expecting the worst, hoping for the better. Just to clarify, I was wrong about George Washington. But I do want to clarify. I do want to, <laughs> I'm still so upset about that. I do want to clarify. I don't live there. I don't live there. But like, if I get a random call, like this is a, a awkward time to get a phone call from here. I might go, hey, this could be a big problem. So I just want to be clarify. I don't live there. So although that would be stressful enough as it is. No, yeah, I, for sure. I do live there like 24-7. That's why I'm always stressed out. That's a funny story, Eric, because I had an employee, this was several years ago. He was my lead guy. And once every two weeks, I'm just using it as average, I'd get a text in the morning, like before we started. You know, we, we would start at 7.30. I'd get a text at like 6.30. Hey, man, I got a headache. I'm not, I can't work today. And so it literally programmed my brain that every time now when I get a text message before work, I instantly think, Oh crap! What's you know? What's the bad news? Who's not coming into work today? Where am I going to have to fill in the gap? And that's not the case. Like now, that's not the case most of the time. But I always dread the before seven thirty text notification that goes off on my phone. Well, for sure. I mean that that would be an example. Like, why am I getting a call from my production supervisor at this time of day? Like, he's going to tell me someone's not coming in. He's not feeling like something's going wrong, right? Dude, I have to share with everyone that there was a time in my business when I was scaling and I had a lot going on and we had a lot of pressures and a lot of push. And like I set them notifications on my phone to be like that fire alarm, like, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't know why I did it, man. I don't know why I did it. I was like, because I think I was ignoring some notifications. And I was like, I need something more like, like, this is important. This is critical. Get this you know, the notification jump on it. And I had my phone doing this fire alarm thing for a while and it stressed me out of my mind. I was like, like I would jump when my thing would go, when, my, when the notification would go off. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I have to change this. Like, it, it's not that critical. It stressed me out of my face. Well, this is totally off topic. This is kind of a productivity hack or a pro tip. I always change my notifications and I change them for each critical person or key personnel. What's my mono, what's my notification? Just share everyone right now. Make it go off on your phone right now. What's my notification? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Come on. But anyways, I change it so that whenever I that I hear that ringtone, I know who it is. And so if I don't want to answer or even look at the phone, then I, I'll know. But I always tell my employees, you need to change your ringtone for me because they just have one ringtone for everybody, right? And so nowadays... Because, you know, people can't go a whole eight hours without their, you know, spouse or whatever checking in on them or their buddy calling them or texting them 18 times a day. Like their phone's going off 20 times a day and they have to check it every time because they don't know if it's me or if it's someone else. And I'm like, dude, just change your ringtone for the office and my cell. And then if it's not one of us two or have your wife or your spouse have a different one. If it's not any of those two calls or ringtones, you don't answer. You don't need to look at it. I'm not going to let this slide, Brad. 
And I'm not just going to let this glaze over and like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. How about, how about this? How about I tell you what I want my ringtone to be when I, when I text you or call you, can I just tell you that? And can we just make that switch? I want to see. Yeah. I want it to be the ACDC for those about to rock. No, I'm not doing that. Come on, bro. Please. No. Come on. I'm thinking about putting the circus theme song on there. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, everybody loves the circus. (laughs) Everyone loves to see clowns and elephants. All right, let's get back on point. They don't want to talk about that stuff. So anticipate. How do you anticipate? I mean, if you're in sports, you know, you're anticipating what your other team is going to do. You know, they think I'm going to pass. We're going to run. They think I'm going to run. I'm going to pass. Like, so you start anticipating things like that in, in your business, in your life, you know, when you might need a new vehicle, things like that. So if you're, if you're really sharp, and I think most entrepreneurs have that tendency, dude, we should do a poll one day. I, I would love to know about, you know, our members and stuff like that. Like who was like heavily into sports and who wasn't, you know, I, I have some, some things across my mind like that. But so anticipating, I mean, if, if you're in sports, you're anticipating those kind of things when I should lay up in basketball, when I should do the three-pointer, when I should, you know, pass, all those things, that's, those are critical movements like that. And, and that, that can be said in business as well. I can't necessarily give you an exact example for your business, but. Well, I can give an example using sports. So like in soccer, for example, when you're dribbling with the ball and you have teammates, you don't pass to where they're at now. You pass the ball to where they're going to be at in 10 steps whenever the ball gets there. Right. Or if you're, if you don't have the ball and you're, say you're going up to score, you anticipate where the ball is going to be at, meaning not where it's at currently, but where it's going to be at, what, you know, as it goes across the field, you anticipate it by being there. It's basically like almost like seeing into the future. And so in our own business, we can see trends and things happening. Just like right now of this podcast recording. I'm anticipating the economy going into a little bit of a recession next year. As a, I don't know that for sure, but I'm anticipating that. So what might I do to, to help embrace that and, and deal with it? Well, I might start socking back a little bit more money, right? I might put a little more money in the bank account to, to be able to write it out a little bit longer. I might not make any major, major, major purchases in the next six months where I have my money tied up. I mean, those are things that I can do to anticipate that if that's actual reality that happens. You know, the the downside of that, let's say that I anticipate there's going to be a recession next year. And then I do, I save a bunch of money. I don't make any purchases. Six months, a year from now, nothing happens. The economy actually gets better. Well, that didn't hurt me any because I have money in the bank, right? Now I could go out and actually invest more money or I can take money out or whatever. Like it gives me options because I anticipated that. But if you don't do anything and then there is an actual recession starting next year and you have no money in the bank, you're going to get caught with your pants down, right? You're not going to be able to survive that. Yeah, for sure. I get it. You know, and that, this goes back from soccer to hockey. You know, Wayne Gretzky always said he never skated to the puck. He skated to where the puck was going, right? So that anticipation thing is good. I think it's a good example because, you know, currently with the supply chain thing going on, like our construction team currently is gangbusters. Like we can't get there fast enough to build ponds for people. But I do know I am aware of potential supply chain interruptions 
in the supplies that we need for new pond construction. And so because I'm aware of that and I'm watching for it, I'm anticipating, you know, what will we do? What kind of changes will we need to make to make it in order to do this? Will we use a different liner? Will we do more concrete ponds? You know, should we work on some of our marketing campaigns to press harder into service and repair and do those kind of things to help support the business and keep all the employees rolling? So those are the anticipation moves that we do like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't just go wake up every day and stick your head buried in the business or in your work and not look at what's going on, not look at trends happening in the marketplace. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to, you have to be plugged in a little bit. I'm not saying you got to watch the news and deal with all that negative bull crap, but you got to you got to be able to be plugged into what's happening in the world. Just this morning, Eric, I went to our tile store because we're doing a bathroom and we're doing tile work. I went there and I was going to get some more buckets because we're always using buckets for stuff. And usually when I go in there, they have like a hundred buckets in there, little three gallon buckets. They're smaller ones. And I go in this morning and I was like, I need some buckets. And he's like, I don't know if we have any. And sure enough, they didn't. They're out. Now, how, how are you out of buckets? To me, it's stupid. Like, how are you out of buckets? And so he was talking to the manager and he goes, yeah, there's a shortage of the plastics and stuff that they use to make the buckets. They had 150 buckets on order and they don't know when they're going to get any more in. Let's close up shop. It's a change. What are we going to do? Yeah, how do we react? So yeah. what I do, how did I, how did I improvise, adapt, and overcome that? What did you do? I stopped by Home Depot on the way back to the job site and, and I bought three buckets. And you hoarded them, bought 300 buckets. No, I didn't do that, but they were five bucks a piece. So I was a little pissed off about that. I'll bet, I'll bet. So but that, that's, I mean, that's a very simplistic, obviously, a challenge that happened, right? You got to be able to improvise and adapt. And that's what I did. So... There's other things like that happening in supply chains. We're going to have shortages in supply chains. So if you just sell a big job and, you know, maybe it's stuff that you typically can buy in stock, doesn't matter what job you do, you know, what trade you're in, but maybe you go to the supply house and they always have that thing in stock that you use. And then you sell a big job and then you go there to buy it and they go, oh, we're out of it. We're out of that thing that you need. And we're not, we don't even know when we're going to get any more in. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're starting the job the next day. You're just going to, like, quit? Or, like, how are you going to handle that? One thing I want to bring up, I think you might like this, Brad, is part of this anticipation part is being connected with a really good community of, you know, like-minded contractors you know, across the country. I mean, I've been networking with Han contractors specifically for, you know, two decades, you know, and now with the profit group and the profit club. We have our own peer groups and things like that. It's like, it's really interesting to stay connected with people like that. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of contractors out there that, you know, they kind of hold anything. They, everything's a secret. They don't want to share the thing. And they're just like, they're rogue and they're going to do it on their own. I'll carve my own way. But like, if you can be involved in a community, I don't care what community is, where it is, but I've been doing it for a long time. And so being connected with those kind of people and peers that, that, do what you do or in construction in general, they can help you keep a pulse on these kind of things, you know, from different trends in that are coming on. Like just think back about over the years, like different trends that are coming on, the windows that are people are using, the new products that are coming out, new patents that are happening, you know. And so like we can anticipate things like this, right? And so 
you know, one of the most amazing things I've ever done in business is create my patent for my skimmer, right? And I just anticipated the needs of my customers. And it led me to this, it led me to that, you know? And if I was just like so bullheaded and like, I just got to do this, that, the other, and I wasn't open to this, then those kind of magical moments wouldn't have happened. So I think community is really important here. And this anticipation leads to like these magical spots if you just let it happen. Dude, that's one of the things I love most about the Profit Club because it is such a tight-knit family and everyone there wants everyone to win, right? There, there's, there's literally no competition in that group whatsoever. And, you know, you can just like, either they're on the group or even text them because, you know, we have each other's numbers. We're talking to them regularly. You can be like, hey, man, you know, you do electrical and I ran into this problem with electrical stuff. What do you, what's your opinion on this? How would you handle this or whatever? Like, it's just the, the community that I, I love it so much because there's so much genuine positivity and, and the willingness to want everyone to succeed. You know, in other groups that we're in, like open groups or free groups, it's like someone posts something and then, then 34 people rip them a new butthole. That's stupid. Why would you ask something like that? You're an idiot. Don't. <laughs> I mean, they just go off on them. And that's what I love about the Profit Club is that you don't get any of that stuff. Yeah. So let's move on to training because I think this is a really important factor. You know, first of all, is if you embrace it and you're aware of it, you have some self-awareness, you start to anticipate. Hopefully you're in sports. You can kind of have that feel for it. But like once that's happening with you and who you are and how you perceive things, now as you're bringing on employees, it's it's paramount that we help our employees understand this. And so if you don't communicate this with the employees and you're going this way, then that way, then this way, that way, then it's like, you know, my boss doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's going this way, then that way. He's a jackass. Like if you don't communicate like what the end goal is and and how we're going to navigate through this, all these challenging times or different things, then they don't realize it. You know, I know I hate to say like simple minded, but like sometimes they can be very narrow minded and, and focused on certain things and so they don't see the big picture. I don't want to call them simple minded because they might be great craftsmen, but they don't see the big picture of how we're trying to get to the finish line and what we have to deal with. Dude, I was thinking about this today, actually. And yesterday, it's the, the the reason why employees don't think about stuff like that is because they aren't reliant upon knowing that information, right? As a business owner, if you're a one man show and you are doing a task and you run into a problem with that task, you have to figure it out, right? Or you can't complete the task. Or you won't get paid. You know what I mean? Like there's an there's an absolute need to figure out how to make this happen with employees, a lot of times they never experience that level of having to figure it out. They just rely on you and they don't, so they don't take ownership of learning how to solve those problems. That's where you get employees that call you 15 times a day. Hey boss, uh, I don't know how to cut this crown. Can you, uh, can you come and show me how to cut this crown? You know, it's all day long. Hey, hey, boss, I don't know how to do this. How, how do you handle this? I ran into this problem. What do you do with this? And they know that you become the encyclopedia for them, you know, the, the Google, if you will, and then they just call you because it's easier than them trying to figure it out on their own. So training them on how to anticipate issues like that, how to solve problems is extremely valuable. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that point for sure. Currently, something that I'm I'm training a new supervisor for our production division. And, you know, sometimes in the morning, the team might see me just like barking decisions. I, I hate to use the word barking, but like, this is a decision, that's a decision. This is like just making decisions quickly. And sometimes I'll make a, a poor decision and we'll make a change. I'm like, hey, that was a bad idea. You know, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. I would have really screwed up if we would have done that today. Let's do this instead. And and so like we're training that, hey, sometimes we're gonna make a decision that might not create the best outcome, but sometimes when we make decisions, we have to process them as we're making them, process the decision and validate that it's it's the right move, right? Because sometimes you'll slide in different input, especially if you have a big team and a lot of different guys, a lot of moving parts hey, well, this guy can't pull a trailer. Oh, crap, that's a good idea. He's not going to be able to bring the machine home. So like, then, then we start to make different decisions and we, we're making a lot of changes each and every day based on you know, who might be sick or what trailer might have a flat tire or whatever. So like, I mean, that's, that's like kind of how you said embrace it. It almost becomes fun. You know, like, okay, what are we going to overcome today? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, when you get to the point of loving it. Right when you love the challenge of the change, this is coming full circle now because that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is that when you learn to love change, then you then you start to learn the process of figuring out how to solve the problem, right? And so it's just it it all plays hand in hand. You have to be able to embrace the change and anticipate it, and and train your your team for it, and yourself for that matter. I mean, you can train yourself by different things. If I know I have a job coming up of some type of task that I don't do very often or I've never done before, or maybe it's there's a different twist to it, I need to train myself, right? I may have to go and do some research and figure out like what's the best way to do this. Or like you said, go to a community and be like, hey, I'm getting ready to do this task. What are some things that I need to take into consideration, right? And then crowdsourcing the answer that way. like That, that would be in a sense of training yourself or you can pass on that information to your team. But it's funny. I hate going to the big box stores, the Lowe's, the Home Depot's, the Menards. We're not sponsored by any of them yet, but I don't like going to any of them. Matter of fact, a, a friend of mine, he just changed jobs and, and he started at Home Depot as like a merchandising manager. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you changed jobs. And he's like, yeah. I said, yeah, I, I hate Home Depot. Like, I can't stand going to that store. It just, it just, drives me nuts. And one of the things that I train my guys on is when you go to the store and you're looking for a specific item, you can't just ask the employee, hey, do you guys have this item? And if they say, no, we don't have that, then you just take their word and leave. Like You have to actually go and check for yourself and put eyes on and do a little bit of due diligence. This happened last week. I sent a guy to the store to get something I told him where it was going to be at. He went there. The guy that was working there said, we don't have anything like that. I went there the next day and I walked right into where they have it. And I, like, as soon as I walked into the area, I saw it on the shelf and I walked over there and I grabbed it. And the guy that works in that department told him that we didn't have anything like that or told my guy I didn't have anything like that. So training them to anticipate the challenges of going to the, even the simple, it's, it's a simple thing is why I'm bringing this up. It's super simple. Like you don't, just don't go in there and say, do you have this? No. Okay. Then leave empty handed. That's training your team. Yeah. That, that's a good example. And I, I know exactly what you mean, like to the T. Here, here's a little bonus thing that I, that I do. I want to share with you. 
that hopefully will make you smile. I know you don't smile that often. I don't know if you hit your quota this month or not, but there's there's certain products that we get from Home Depot and we use quite a bit of them. You know, it's something a regular item. Like, so let's let's call it the X Y Z widget, right? So if, if if I go into the Home Depot and I'm getting some product and I go to the you know X Y Z widgets, I'm like, oh, I need all of these. There's only 19 of them. I I needed 24. I'll snatch that box up and I'll put it in my cart, and then I'll take two of them and I'll put them back on the shelf. Usually not in the box because I took the box too, right? But I'll just take two of those XY widgets and I'll set them back on the shelf just in case because I'm like, man, if I came into the store and I really needed this one fitting and I didn't have it and they were totally sold out, I'd be so messed up. I'd have to go find another store and I'd have to drive away and I'd lose all the time and I wouldn't get it done. So that's just like, what's one of the nice things I do, bro? Just want you to know that. That's very not, That's very thoughtful, Eric. It's considerate, right? It is. It is. I'm usually the guy that gets there and there's nothing in the cart, in the shelf. <laughs> well, you know, and you're pissed, right? Just imagine Dude, the guy who took the last one just would have left one for you so you get your job done without stress. I'll tell a story and then I'll be done with this, but <laughs> was it Monday? Monday, we're redoing the bathroom in our shop because we're moving in the shop, right? And I'm putting some FRP paneling on the walls, some fiberglass panelings like you see in commercial bathrooms, waterproof. I was one panel short. And I look I, when I was at Home Depot the other day, they were out of them. I look, I pull up their app and it says there's 105 of them at the store. I said, well, maybe they got a new shipment in or maybe they had some before. They were just in a bunk up on a in their overstock area. So I go to the store and I spent 30 minutes there trying to get help and they didn't have it. The online said they had 105 sheets and there was not a single one in the store. <laughs> you talk about being pissed. I'll bet. Dude, are you gonna, are you retiring on this job? Building your office out? Like you've been there forever, yeah, I think so. bro. As soon as I get done, I'm I'm selling the business. It looks like you're turning gray a little bit. Like get some gray in your beard, bro. Jeez. So what's some final thoughts on this, Eric, so we can wrap up this podcast? I don't know. I was thinking about training. I just I I want to say that for just a second longer. I I think that there's a lot of contractors and probably a lot of the listeners that disseminate information to their employees like a little bit at a time. And I think that in part of the training process, they don't take enough time to show big picture stuff. They don't do tailboard meetings long enough to really get the team to understand like what the end goal is for this particular project. So like, you know, okay, we're, we're building a house, right? But I mean, if, if the whole team knew, hey, we're building a house and this is what's happening, then cool. But it's like, you know, imagine the laborers coming. It's like, hey, take the trash, put it in the trash can and come back and see me. Okay, I'm here. Okay, take the drywall, slide it into the wall. And then when the, when the drywall's done, come and see me. Like they don't train the big picture. And I think the faster that contractors start to take even their low-level guys and try and train them big picture, I think the embracing and anticipation of this crazy road to success becomes more clear to everybody and actually makes that makes morale even better. It just makes the, the, the world go smoother. And I think a lot of it can happen in the training. I, I, I just wanted to kind of, that's kind of my final thoughts right there with the training. We had a term in the Marines called Semper Gumby. So Semper is part of Semper Fidelis, which that is the official Marine Corps motto. Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful. 
right? Semper is means always. And Gumby is the cartoon dude that you saw on TV, Gumby and Pokey. Remember those guys, Eric? Absolutely. I'm old. I'm as yeah, old so as them. Gumby is super flexible, right? So you always always be flexible. That's the unofficial saying was Semper Gumby, always be flexible. And so if you can always be flexible in your business, if you can be Semper Gumby, you're going to come out way ahead. There's a words of wisdom right there, bro. Thank you so much for paying attention to our podcast today. And just I want you to know I'm super pissed that I was wrong about George Washington. And I'm going to look up the other wars and battles that were fought where people burnt the boats when they hit the land. So, hey, if you want to make the world a better place, you know what you can do. You can share the podcast uh, with other contractors because when we disseminate this information and get contractors to embrace the change, then the world becomes a better place. Everyone has better experiences and we really appreciate you. So we'll catch you on the next download.